Hey guys, this is Joy. And this is Claire. And we are Joy and Claire. <laughs> In case you're new here, maybe you don't know our voices. I am Joy and that is Claire. Yes. It always Hello. freaks me out when people mix us up and they're I like, know. I thought you, oh, that's, that's gotta be I know, really- we always talk about this. And it is jarring though, when you are like, so used to someone's voice. This happens to me with NPR hosts all the time. And then you see them in real life and you're like, huh, that's not what I was expecting. Yeah. Or well, then sometimes you see them in real life and they're exactly like who you were expecting. Like Ira Glass, for example, who you're like, yeah. Exactly. That tracks. Yeah. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> but I did that with the Rana and Beverly show. This was a podcast I listened to way back, probably 10, 12 years ago when podcasts were really new and they had a show and there were these like two amazing, amazingly hilarious Jewish mothers, comedians, and they're they're so funny. They're so funny. If you ever have a yeah. chance to like go back and listen to them, they are worth it. But they have two very distinct voices. Very di- one is like very high and chipper, and one's like really low and gravelly. Had them mixed up the whole time. So when I saw them on a video, it like completely threw me off. I was like, no, this is so weird. <sighs> anyway, I am Joy. That is Claire. Thank you for hanging with us for another week of the podcast. This is the week of August twenty fifth, and you're. You know, as of the release of this episode, you will be mere moments from your trip. Have you decided yeah. the question of the week? I know. I what am going to rent decided? a surfboard. I'm going to rent one. All right. It was going to be, it's like $100 to rent one. Or, I mean, I think it probably, I, I, they won't tell you online exactly how much it's going to cost to check your oversized bag. It says like it could be up to $400. And because the surf bag is within inches of the limit, yeah. although it's not that heavy, the size is so big. Like, I think it can go up to, I want to say it's 110 inches, which is like nine feet inch change. And my board bag is eight and a half feet. So yeah, it's that's like just risky. It's risky. Yeah. So, and yeah, just everything, all, all the considerations, like, you know what, if it's only going to be, a, it's a hundred euro, which is, you know, since the euro is down, it's a hundred bucks to rent the board for the whole freaking week and just have somebody else deal with transporting mm-hmm. it. So now all I have to worry about is I don't even think I'm going to check a bag. Although my wetsuit is like really thick. I was going to say, and isn't so that heavy? It's thick and heavy and it's going to take up, it would take up like half a carry-on. What's the weather going to be like while you're there? Yeah. Great question. Um, I've been watching, do you do this? And I hope that other people who are listening to this, where when you know that you have a trip coming up, you add that city oh, yeah. to your weather app. Yeah. So I had it added to my weather app for a couple of weeks and it's like mid 60s to low 70s and a mix of sun and rain. Okay. So it's going to be cool. Very All cool. Over the place. Yeah. And probably a little bit wet. It's funny because in Colorado, where, which is the only place I've really ever lived other than Utah, which is even more dry than this, we don't get rain. There's no such thing as casual rain in Colorado. Maybe at most two days a year, do we get what most people would consider just like a rainstorm or not even a storm, but just like some rain. We do get storms. We get thunderstorms, but they're very short lived and you know, they'll go, they'll blow through and maybe it'll rain for 10, 15, 20 minutes and then it'll be done. That's all you get for the day. But rarely do we get just like a rainy day. We just had one this week and it was on Tuesday and it like kind of rained on and off all day. I'm not exaggerating when I say we maybe have one or two of those days a year. A year, yeah. Where it is it's so like rare cloudy all day like, yeah. or like a mix of cloud and suns all day, kind of like raining, not raining, raining, not raining. Very uncommon. And so, but when it was doing that, I was like, oh, I'm going to get to Ireland and get to tell everyone like, we just had our one rainy day. <laughs> 
You're like, I'm acclimated. You're where I live. I'm acclimated. Exactly. I'm ready for it. And then like nobody in Colorado owns a rain jacket. Or if you do, you only wear it once a year. Totally. I remember when we would have afternoon rainstorms in Colorado, whatever, like a handful of years ago, when like we actually had afternoon rainstorms and now it doesn't do it anymore. But we'd go to Red Rocks for concerts and it was always so like touch and go with rain. So that's the only time I'd really use like my raincoat. Yeah. Like no one owns umbrellas. There's just no need. (laughs) If it's raining and you have to go somewhere, you just wait in your car for 10 minutes till the rain stops. I always talk about how I wish I lived in a cooler climate, but the reality is that I can't move anywhere else because I can't handle anything less than like 330 days a year of sun. (laughs) But someone did, so someone did write you on Yes, someone from Ireland. It was like, well, not Ireland, but LA and said that do not, she's like, I am a, an avid surfer. She's an LA surfer. Oh, I I was thinking about the person who emailed us. From Ireland. No, you just Which we just got this email got from someone yes. that said she travels a lot and has never checked her own board. There's so many things that can go wrong. Totally. They could break it in transit, transit gets lost, whatever, whatever. So they just say rent it, call it a day. So there you go. I agree, and like that's what I that's the recommendation I would give you, anyone about skis. Unless and skis are way easier to travel because they're so much lighter and smaller. Like I've. I rarely even, I've never flown with my skis. So I get it and I completely agree. And it was really more just like the sunk effort (laughs) that I had already put into it. And also the fact that I previously was told that I could not, that like renting a board, like even the the woman who I first talked to, who was, you know, whatever, who had told me to reach out to this rental place, I had emailed them and they never emailed me back. And it's the same rental place we're getting them from, but they're like arranging it locally. Right. Like I, anyway, it's whatever. A lot of people also message us and we're like, you need to tell the surf company what happened. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I will continue to express my frustration with how that went down. But at the same time, like they didn't force me to buy a surfboard. I am renting one. I will be leaving on Saturday. I am very excited. And I am nervous because I think I'm always nervous about trips like this, but I am especially nervous because my Mexico trip, I was nervous for, but I knew it's explicitly said like, this is a trip for all levels. You can be a brand new beginner and come out. This trip is specifically like, we do not want brand new beginners. Like you have to be able to catch your own way. Right. You actually emailed them. You're like, Hey, is my skill level good enough for this trip? "Yeah, Yeah, of course. And I'm like, are you sure? And so I really am feeling worried that I'm going to get there and they're going to be like, oh yeah, actually maybe you should sit this one out. (laughs) But if I get there and I can't surf or I don't, and I think more than what, it would probably just be more like if I'm uncomfortable, if there's a swell or something, like if I'm uncomfortable, I'm still going to be at the beach in Ireland. So yeah, it's going to be a win-win no matter what. It's going to be a win-win. And they, it's similar to my Mexico trip too, where there's like a lot of other activities like or do I don't know I don't get it, what it is with surf retreats and sound baths like everyone I see it's like we're gonna do a sound bath <laughs> it I just mean, goes hand in hand everyone here knows I am very on board for any activity that basically just requires me to lay on the floor <laughs> so in that in that sense like, very let me just for prepare bath. for a nap I'm good there's also a seaweed bath two types of baths sound bath and a seaweed bath where there's basically like a, there's like a seaweed spa where you go to and they just like wrap you up in seaweed. So that sounds nice. I'm looking forward to not being the, being the palest person there, or at least being like on par with the paleness. You're like, this is like the really, let's be honest, this is a dream trip for you. It really is. <laughs> in all and aspects. That's really also, it is. And that's like why also I was, I'm pushing myself to, to take it, even though I know that 
my skill level is like right at the bottom of where it should be because I'm like, when am I going to have a chance to do something like this again? I'm excited. excited to tell you guys about it. And we have had some questions about, we had sort of said, Hey, we might do a surf trip for Joy and Claire. We're still in the process of kind of feeling that out and seeing what might be able to happen. I think the biggest restriction that we would run into would be the trip size. When I went on that trip, it was only seven people. And so I think we're going to need to figure out if that's something that we, you know, between with Joy and I, like, do we really only, do we really want to do a trip where only like five or six additional people can come? And while on the one hand, that does make it really manageable and really like, I mean, intimate's not really the right word, but like you get to spend a lot of time with each other. Like when we did our Costa Rica trip, I want to say it was 12 people. And when we did Iceland, I want to say it was like 14 or 15. I can't quite imagine a trip based around an activity like surfing with that many people, but I could be wrong. So we'll see. So TBD, we're still, we're talking to the potential trip organizer still and seeing what our options would be. If it does happen, I imagine that we would be looking at like sometime April, May, or June of 2023. And on that same note, are we just going to make that like our 10 year anniversary party? Because what if people can't go on like a trip trip? We should have like something. I think we're going to have to do both. Yeah, I think we're going to do both. We'll have to do like something local also. Mm -hmm. You can go to the Alamo again or. That was so fun. I would do that again in a heartbeat. That was so fun. I was just talking about this week. That was so great. Uh, I, where I was at work and some colleagues, they were talking about just going to the movies and how like, oh, it's been so long since I've been in the movies and the Alamo came up and I was like, oh, I did this party once where I rerunned out the Alamo and I was like 39 weeks pregnant. And <laughs> it was such a good memory. I just remember the the venue was perfect. Like the, the staff was perfect. Everybody got to have some food. We watched Mean Girls. It was Ned guys stopped by. That was the first time we met them. I was really uh, shocked by how handsome they were. Not that I didn't think they were, but in person, I was like, whoa, this is too much to handle for our party. <laughs> uh, I need a moment. No, they're they're great. And so maybe Ned will also show up for our 10-year anniversary party because that was what, our 300 episode? My goodness. Yeah, I think it was fun. Yeah. So yeah. we're going to have to keep planning for that and then maybe a, a surf trip with everybody too. We got to get back on that. I really miss our our podcast trips. Truly, I know. some of the best memories ever. <laughs> Truly, I know. I actually got a text from Megan and Joel last week. There was like, they went on a road trip and they were re-listening to the Iceland episode and the Camp Time episode. And um, I don't think, actually, now that I'm saying that, I don't think I ever texted her back. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I hate when I do that. I hate when I forget to text people. Do you ever do that where you write a text and you never send it? Yeah. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. sorry. Yeah. I have to do with emails, unfortunately, too. A lot where someone will be like, Hey, we'll write me an email like, Hey, I have this question. And I'll think to myself, Oh, I need to ask someone else. Like, Oh, that reminds me. I need to follow up on a similar question with someone else. And so then I'll go follow up on that question with the other person and forget about the initial email. And then they'll email me back like a week later and be like, Hey, I'm just checking in on this. I'm like, ah, crap. Oh, well, just, uh, just don't write an email and say, I'm just putting this at the top of your inbox. Cause that's a big pet peeve of mine. <laughs> oh, I do that. <laughs> I and just, I okay at work maybe, but like I oh we always get them for the oh, podcast I, from sponsor people that like want to want to want us to you know right like their spammy stuff. sponsor people and, and I, they're like just throwing this at the top. I'm like if you're a spammy sponsor person, I don't want you at the top of my email inbox. I know I get that a lot at work because I guess maybe I, I must be like easy to find on LinkedIn or something. People always are emailing me like I get I get probably like ten emails a day from salespeople like cold emails a day from salespeople like for. First of all, why are you cold emailing me? Is that does that work? 
Mm. To be fair, I don't have a work phone. (laughs) 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 They are always like replying, 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 replying. I'm like, listen, if I didn't get, if I didn't respond to your first four emails, like what makes you think I'm going to respond now to this? Like, Hey, we really want to, we, you know, like, how are you, how's your engagement on TikTok? I'm like, guys, we don't even have a TikTok account. Why are you emailing me? <laughs> Did you even look at, try to look us up on TikTok first? Yeah. That's yeah. similar. It's like when we get sponsors and they're like, Hey, joy. And they just write, we're like, Hey guys, or Hey, well, like, Hey, hey girls you. gone wild. That was <laughs> my favorite. Girls gone wild. Yeah. We, people constantly will be emailing us like, Hey girls gone wild. Those like, if you think you're emailing girls gone wild, I am sorely disappointed to tell I'm you really that you're, you're going to be very address is not girls gone wild at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay. So a couple weeks ago, so just to give you guys a little insight into our world, we are trying to pre-record a couple of, of episodes because I'm going to be gone. And then the following week is Labor Day and I'm not getting back to like kind of halfway through the week. And so we're pre-recording a couple episodes. We're going to also have an episode come out with Laura Lagos, our favorite dietitian. So um, this episode, we are going to go back and answer a bunch of the questions that you guys asked on Instagram last week, just so that we don't get too sick of talking to each other and you don't get too sick of us just like rambling about our lives. But first of all, I want to tell you guys that Miles' first day of first grade was this week. That's so and exciting. So and he is so funny already. He's six and a half years old and he like wants nothing to do with me. He, we go to drop him <laughs> off. Brandon and I both, like Brandon like got the morning off specifically so we could take him. And we got there and like, all the other kids are like taking pictures of their families. Like some kids are crying. My child is running laps around the playground. <laughs> Just like at home. <laughs> I was like, who's, whose kid is this? <laughs> And everyone saw he'd like kind of check in and be like, hey, is it time yet? I'd be like, no. And he'd be like, okay. And you just go off and run around a lap. Oh my God. That's amazing. I was really excited to start school, to start first grade because I wanted homework. I felt oh, like wow. such, I know. I felt like, I remember, I remember the first day of first grade coming home and we were like playing with the kids in the front yard. My neighbor was like, how was your first day? And I was like, I got to go. I have to go do my homework. And I felt like such an adult. I just remember saying oh, that to her. I was like, I have to go inside. And I have to do my homework. Like it was like the epitome of adulthood. It's so funny and I was to like, me too that like yeah, that clearly is like a core memory because you were six. When totally, it was a core. I I have it like vivid, and no one could tell me that that happened because I was the only one there. So right. maybe you just streamed it. That's so funny. Um, Miles is like definitely afraid of homework, which checks out. I think everyone, you know, I I think fewer and fewer teachers are giving a lot of homework these days, especially in elementary school. Like, really, is there a reason? Looking back on my adolescence, I never, I don't feel like I ever gained anything from homework. The only homework that I can really, I feel like you can really justify is having kids read something at home so you can come to school and talk about it the next day because everybody reads at very different paces and it's hard. I mean, it takes a long time to read stuff. So like having an entire, expecting everyone to like sit there for 30 minutes and then read and then talk about it would be hard to do if you only have like 40 minutes of class. But when I think about like math homework or even like research projects, I just don't really feel like I ever got a whole lot out of doing it at home. But, you know, who knows? Maybe I'm missing the point. I mean, I will say it's not like homework prepared me for my professional life because I do everything in my power to not work at home or like outside of work hours. So maybe people are like, well, school's preparing you for the real world. Like, yeah, guess what? If you graduate from school, and have it normalized that you have to go home and still do three more hours of work. Like maybe that's why we're in the predicament that we are today with people experiencing wild burnout. Oh, that's so funny. That's so funny. 
Yeah. But happy first day of first grade mouth. And then happy he came home day. and he was like, on the second day, he was like, mom, I don't want to go to school. It's so boring. I was like, dude, it's day two. Like you got to, you, you, you got to lock it up, on. man. <laughs> you got to lock it up. I need you to oh my get gosh. a little bit of a better attitude here because I am not having this conversation with you for the next eight months. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, let's get going. Well, okay. Well, congratulations. And then next. Evie starts preschool. I think I already gave this update. Evie starts preschool the week after Labor Day and Maxine is going to go work for a new family, which is really sad. And also it's the right thing in the right time. But um, I really don't know what we're going to do without her. Keep us in your thoughts in Keep September us in your thoughts and as, we navigate, as we navigate our lives without childcare support. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> or that as much childcare support as we've had. Okay, so we're going to get to some questions. But first, let's take a quick break, rave, and sing the praises of our sponsor, Ned. Ned, the makers of our favorite CBD products. I love their daily blend. I use a 750 milligram concentration daily blend. And I also love their Mellow Magnesium drink mix. I love the Meyer Lemon. It's really a, such a part of my nightly routine these days that like I'm taking it with me to Ireland. <laughs> like That's as much as I rely on it. I travel with it. I will. Now I'm thinking about it. I got to make sure that things under three ounces. Yeah, I was like, I was like, be careful. But I'm very excited to announce that they have a new product out as of the release of this episode. It's called the Brain Blend, and uh, I got to try it out, and it's like one of those things. Again, you don't know how you're gonna feel after you take something new. Like the second I took it that day, I already felt like, oh, I feel like I'm really just locked into what I'm supposed to be doing. Like my focus felt really good. I'm not saying it's going to work for everybody, but it was a little bit of a coincidence. And then day two, I was like, hmm, this is actually working. So the new Brain Blend is another one that I am a huge fan of. I feel like they can't do anything wrong. I feel like every product of theirs is just top notch because they are. I also, I also just saw that they were named on the Inc. 5000 fastest growing private companies list. They're number 364. So that's exciting for them. I think it also goes to show yes, that there's a lot of confidence in their products. And, you know, they're, you can look back and be like, I remember Ned back in the day. I knew them when. Try out Ned, try out the new blade, try out the new brain blend. You can get 50% off your order with discount code JOY. Go to helloned.com. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com forward slash joy or use discount code joy. And also don't forget that they have a 30-day money back guarantee on your first order. So if you've been waiting for the right product to try, try out the brain blend and let us know what you think. And if you don't love it, then you can return it for for and get your money back. So pretty sure you're gonna love it. So thank you guys for supporting the brands that support our podcast. Joy, you got some questions for us? I do have some questions. Well, we had someone ask about the progress of the Joy and Claire surf trip, but we already addressed that. that. So we that one's done. Tips on reaching more people with a podcast. Yes. Oh, this reminds me. Somebody uh, emailed us or texted or sent us a DM and asked. They said their daughter wants to start a podcast and they want to know what to get started. I think I need to just make an Instagram highlight about this finally, because we've been getting this question for years and I need to look into if things have changed. The number one thing that we try to promote to people or you know encourage people with is that starting a podcast is actually so easy. There's very little that you actually need to have. Really, all you need is a computer that can connect to the internet. That's really it. Headphones are great, not necessary. A microphone is great, but not necessary. You can use your like little Apple. Yeah, the Air, Apple, the plug-in earbuds. Ones. Anything plug-in that is ones. like wireless is not great for podcasting because you're always going to have the shorting out thing. But the Apple earbuds that plug in are really great. If you're a guest on a podcast, those are great. Please do not use the wireless ones. 
And it's so easy to get your feed published. So we'll go, I'll put up some Instagram stories about that for anybody who's ever thought to themselves, man, I'd really like to try a podcast, but there's just so much work that needs to go into it. It's just really not true. You know, based on the fact you can just demonstrate it by how Joy and I have been able to do this every week for the last almost, you know, nine and a yeah, half years. Yeah, we don't have a professional studio. We just have little home studios. It's just us. Yeah. <laughs> it's we don't just have a team. us. We do not no have an assistant. Tips on reaching right. more but people. I would say yeah. that you, if you can try to get on other people's podcasts or get people on your podcast. So the more that you kind of do that give and take, what you put out comes back to you. I think the people that you invite onto your podcast, as long as you have a genuine interest in what they're doing, um, I think that really shows. So I would say that's number one. And then there are some things that you can read about. Claire, you can probably talk about this more than I could, but just like keywords that you put in your title, you can you, you can actually Google some things about like, what do I need to put in my podcast title that's going to draw more people? Um, so there's little tricks that you can do like that. But I also think that it also it takes time and patience to just kind of build if you're if you're newer to just build up your audience. Staying consistent is really important. Podcasts are a dime a dozen. And a lot of them fizzle out really quickly. So if you are going to do a weekly show, and you start doing it every three weeks, people are going to be like, yeah, well, this isn't going to show up on my feed. So people need to know what to expect. They need to know what they're coming in for. Um, if you're just going to do a series or if you're going to do a weekly podcast, just be very clear about what you're going to be doing. Those would be my top tips. There's a ton more, but for the sake of time. I definitely think the number one thing to do is to go on other people's podcasts who have a similar audience to you. Um, and then also invite them onto your podcast and have that cross-pollination. Sometimes you can even um, ask if you can repost the episode that you record with them on your feed and vice versa. And then you get two episodes in one bang. I would say in terms of your specifically speaking to your title and your cover art, Make sure that it really is something where you can look at it right away and first of all, read it. And second of all, that it's not too niche that you can read it and kind of know what you're getting without having to dig too much further. Like imagine that if you're scrolling through an entire category on iTunes, what's a title that would jump out to you where you'd be like, oh, that's, you know, like it can feel boring to name your podcast something like how to trail run for beginners, but like, or yeah, but if women you get too with tattoos crafty. talking about coffee. <laughs> But if you get like too punny, then people, people aren't going to understand it. Yeah. it. You know, don't be afraid to just name it like two friends talking about birds. Like it doesn't need to be too crazy or too like cutesy. So, and I think the other big thing that you can do is from purely an organic search standpoint of people, you know, Googling like women's podcasts about birds <laughs> is transcribe your episodes and put the transcriptions on your website. And what that does is it creates a ton of text for Google to search through on your site so that if people are searching for certain terms and those terms are coming up regularly in your episodes, then it makes it so that much easier for Google to find your site. So that's just like a little SEO tip. Speaking of birds, someone... (laughs) I do too. Someone uh, messaged us and was like, oh, the birds aren't real conspiracy. The guy was in on it. And I forgot to mention that. I do know that. I, I listened to, that too. Yeah, I, I listened to some, maybe it was the Daily or maybe it was the I Rebel Hole like podcast. I was the armchair expert, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, yes, that's right. The armchair expert. There was an episode. He's been on a few, but he basically created it just to kind of make fun of all the conspiracy theories out there. So 
Uh, all right. Next question is, have either of you tried pickleball? If you haven't heard pickleball is the new CrossFit. Okay. So I, I had a couple <laughs> clients, I had a couple clients, oh gosh, 10 years ago that were really into pickleball. They were like, you know, senior years and they loved pickleball. So I've known about it for a really long time, but apparently it's becoming like the coolest thing for young it people is. to do. And it's really like, funny Lulu to see. Lululemon has a pickleball campaign it's right now. It's so funny. It's so funny that that's becoming a thing. I mean, good for them. Great. Great, but Apparently I, it's super fun. I am sure, not I've never a tried it. sports person. I'm not like a ball sports person. Um, I'm not a like team when sports balls person. are flying at my nose. Uh, I need to avoid situations where balls fly at my nose, but it is so hot right now. And it's so funny because I actually just today, I'm in this like DM group, I guess, where with a bunch of women <laughs> what's in up? Longmont. Oh, it's oh, like a different a, one. Okay. Yeah. Different one with a bunch of women in Longmont. And it's like, um, and a couple entrepreneurs in the area that I know, like Adam, you did this group and, and somebody just today was like, does anyone want to learn to play pickleball? Like I really wanting to learn and I need some friends to try it with. And, and then a couple of people in my office, one in particular is so obsessed with it. And like, every time we have any sort of team outing, she's like, well, we can play pickleball. So I haven't tried it. I am not a big ball sports person. I've heard it's super, super fun. I know Brittany Brown's really into it. <laughs> oh yeah. She does that in swimming. I mean, I only know that because I listen to her podcast religiously, but uh, yeah, I'd be open to trying it. I used to do, uh, I used to just go to do like a racquetball. What is it called? Back in the, back at the rec center when I was in college, I would just go to like the racquetball courts and just hit a ball yeah. back and forth. But that was more because I was like really obsessed with exercise and I needed more things to do. So I would just like literally go hit a racquetball. But that was like, just because I was like, oh, I've ran, I'm already done with running for an hour and a half and then weightlifting for another hour and a half. What else can I do? So that was a, it was not a great time in my life, but I t- <laughs> But it might have primed you to be great at pickleball. I'm sure that's the reason. Yeah. Oy. Puppy raising, new puppy on its way. Crate train, pee breaks at night. So excited. Oh, congratulations for if you're getting a puppy. That's really fun and also exhausting. Uh, really quick. I'm happy to answer questions if you email me too. Um, maybe I should do a highlight on this as well, like the things, the must-haves for puppy raising. But really quick, maybe top five, definitely crate train. Definitely, definitely, definitely crate train. I am a huge fan of the Snuggle Puppy, which is a little soft uh, stuffed animal toy. You can do any stuffed animals, but just make sure the dogs are not chewing it because that can really cause a very big vet bill. But um, usually puppies, their mouth is so small and they're, teeth aren't really like, I mean, they're razors, but they can't really shred up a toy yet. But they love stuffed animals because it feels like they're pack. It feels like there's another dog in the crate with them. So and if the snuggle puppy has like a little heart. Yeah, it has a heartbeat. It has like a, a battery operate. There, yeah. yeah, battery operated uh, little heartbeat thing that you can turn on. But again, I always caution, like, just make sure the dog isn't eating it. You don't want them to eat the battery. River ate it. Um, yeah. So like, those are the things that <laughs> no, I, we're not surprised. yeah, we keep an eye on because so far the puppies I've raised have not tried that, but CCI is always like lecturing us as they should to be like, be very careful if you use that, like you better be on it, like 
you know, very, very cautious. Um, the other quick tip about crate training is if the puppy's really crying at night, the first few nights, put the crate right next to your bed because they just need to know that they're not alone. And it really helps them feel like, you know, when they're away from their pack for the first few nights, that's just really upsetting to them. They're little babies and they just really miss their friends and their brothers and sisters. So you just put the crate right next to your bed and that really helps. And then I also play the puppy calm station when they're babies, just to kind of get them used to getting settled in their crate if they have issues with their crate. Taking them to pee every couple hours, puppies have very small bladders. So in the middle of the night, we would just wake up when we kind of heard them rustling. And you have to physically pick them up to go outside because if you just open the crate, they're going to pee everywhere. Carrying them to go outside, putting them in the grass or the yard or whatever, and letting them pee gets them used to going, like knowing where they're supposed to go to the bathroom. But yeah, toilet training is just patience because you have to get them used to you all. I always err on the side of like taking them out as much as possible because you just want to catch them going to the bathroom. You want to kind of predict when they're going to go to the bathroom and take them out before they go in your house. But accidents do happen. I mean, Joe pooped and peed in our house a few times because he was like, yeah, this is where I go. So we, when we first got river, we would probably the first like four or five nights, we set a timer to go off every three hours to let her out. And it felt like I had like a little bit of, of like a painful flashback about doing that to breastfeed (laughs) because it's pretty much the exact same thing you're supposed to do for the first like couple of days that your babies after you have a baby where it's like, you know, set a timer and make sure you're offering to feed them every couple hours. But it did really set us up for success in the long run because it also helped us get used to knowing like how long is too long. Mm-hmm. Or if you can get out in front of it, then you yeah. get a better sense sooner of like yeah. how much can you really push it. Right. And crate training really does help with potty training. It teaches them how to go outside more uh, quicker. The other thing I'll say about crate training is that um, for puppies, if you're if you have a large crate, something that's like way bigger, they should just be able to kind of turn around and lay down. It shouldn't be very, very large when they're little babies. Um, that will prevent them from going to the bathroom in the crate because they don't really like to pee and poop where they sleep. So naturally, they're going to whine and cry to be let out if you have a smaller crate. So what we have is we have this adjustable crate where we can put like a barrier to where when they're little babies, it just kind of makes the crate super small. And then we take the barrier out and it's a bigger, larger crate when they're older. So those are that's nice to have is like an adjustable crate where you can kind of just make it uh, you could adjust it as they grow, and then um, they're less likely to go poop or pee in the crate because of that, because it's too small for them. And then they'll whine and cry and let you know when they need to be let out. We do love this toy called the Bacon Keys. If you just Google Bacon Keys, uh, that's really good for puppies because it's soft enough on their teeth. You really want to be careful with toys on little babies because you don't want their teeth breaking. If you give them something too hard, um, it could break their baby teeth. And you might think, oh, well, it's their baby teeth. No, it can cause like major damage to their adult teeth too if they they don't if they break their baby teeth so everything has to be like pretty soft don't give them anything really hard um just be careful on like anything that they could ingest take everything off the floor uh they will eat everything and i mean everything so the other thing that we do when we're training puppies is we give them really really soft training treats so you never give them kibble most of the time we train the dogs with just some kibble out of their breakfast or dinner but puppies can choke very easily so you want to use very soft treats and maybe soak their kibble in water. So, okay, those are like the top the top tips, but always happy to answer more if you want to email us. 
Next one, you're going to laugh. Um, who is on your current laminated list? Five people. This is my friend Gary. I knew he was going to ask this. This is a total Gary question. Hi, Gary. What's a laminated list? Like people that you um, could hook up with like free passes. Oh, that's not what I thought that meant. Like who's like your hall pass? Yeah, like like because Ross and Rachel, or wasn't it on Friends when they had like their laminated lists? I am not a Friends person. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I like watched it, but I don't know yeah. it that well. So that, um, yeah, they had laminated lists. Five. That's a lot. That is a lot. I have like right now, um, I have like four, maybe three, just like off the top of my head. But it's it's really kind yeah. of hard to like think of like my first one, because we talked about Paul Rudd last week. I was like, Paul Rudd for sure would be up there. And then like, we were just talking about Chris Pine a couple weeks ago, and he's definitely on my list. Yeah, I think possibly John Hamm. I'm a huge John Hamm fan. Thank I do you. love John Hamm. I mostly love him in I just want to that season yeah. of 30 Rock. Yeah. Like, so hot and dumb. <laughs> Rob Lowe. I just want to go with like the hot, dumb characters. Hot, on dumb TV. guys. Yeah. When he's hot Chris dummy. Traeger. Oh my God. Um, Heather, my friend Heather always calls R- River a hot dummy. <laughs> yeah. Hot dummy. <laughs> she, is, she is a hot dummy. Um, let's see. Who else? Ethan Hawke would be one of mine. I'm looking, I'm Googling like actors. Which is so funny because I'm like, why am I You're not looking? Googling at- actors. Yeah, I'm Googling actors around 40 because I don't want to get like weird. So I'm like, Google. I mean, Ryan Gosling is definitely on my list. Yeah. He's, he's been on there one. for a long time. Yeah. Did you have like crushes when you were a kid for movie stars? Oh, yeah. Who was and your you crush? know what? That actually brings up a great point. Okay. Leonardo DiCaprio, definitely on my yeah, list. Yeah, Leo. 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 And he's been like, he was my first celebrity. Leo and Justin Timberlake were my first celebrity crushes. Oh, and like, to this yeah. day, I would absolutely, like if JT walked in behind me right now, I'd be like, this call is over. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast is over forever and ever. Forever. Sorry, guys. Oh, <laughs> uh, I think one of my first crushes, movie star crushes, was Elliot from E.T., because I was like this, I was like the same. Even though he was like this sickly, weird little boy. Yeah, but I was the same age as him. And then the uh-huh, other thing uh-huh. was the, um, the boy on Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the boyfriend. Oh, what about the boy? What about the the boy from Hocus Pocus? I don't remember him. Old timey. What was his name? He was like the kid. He was like supposed to be a ghost. So many people are yelling the name. Oh, right Mac, Max Dennison. Am played- I thinking of Max? Oh, oh, okay. Max Dennison was the character name. And then his name is Omri Katz. No, no. I'm thinking of Thackeray Binks. Thackeray Binks? Binks? Thackeray Binks. He's, yeah, and he was like the cat. Cute. Yeah, really cute, right? Thank you. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids guy was like dreamy because I was the same age as them when I was yeah, watching this yeah, yeah. movie. And so I just remember being like... <gasps> When she was like in the kitchen dancing and he was watching her, I was like, oh my God, this is like the best. This is, it was so teen angsty. You like, like when you wanted to be. Yeah, it was big, not yeah. so angsty, but just like teen heart throbby. That's totally. like how it felt watching sexual that movie. Awakening. Totally sexual awakening. Who was like the, the, um, the goblin king? Oh, I just dropped my glasses. The goblin Joy is getting hot and bothered. I know. <laughs> Whoever wrote and yeah. said the Goblin King was her sexual awakening makes me laugh from Labyrinth. Oh my God, you guys kill me. You guys are so funny. 
<laughs> okay, so I don't know. I think those are my main ones. If I didn't say Ethan Hawke, we'll, we'll, we'll add him to the list. You okay. did say Ethan Hawke. I feel, like, I feel like there's some athletes in there that I really am just not doing oh, a good sure. job. Yeah. I'm not doing a good job of like really going. So maybe we'll give it some thought and do a lamp. Okay. Like, okay. That was just we'll a rough back. draft. That was our yes. shitty first draft, as Brene would say. Joy, do you need to follow any food or lifestyle guidelines to keep your thyroid healthy? Thank you for asking. This is... For those of you who may, may not know, I had Graves disease a couple years ago, and I saw a naturopath, and we were able to kind of put that baby to bed. <laughs> we put it in remission. As far as lifestyle, yes, I'm keeping my exercise moderate. I'm not doing heavy, like high-intensity CrossFit-type stuff anymore. So I'm keeping my exercise to be like mild to moderate exercise. I get plenty of rest. I do follow the diet that she had me on, which is eliminating some dairy and some other things. I, I still will eat dairy on occasion. Like the other day, I went to Postino's with my friends and they have these fabulous cheese boards. I'm like, I'm going to have some cheese. But it, because I know the reason I feel okay doing that is because overall, my life is a completely different place. Like when I had Graves disease, I 1000% know it was from the most intense toxic workplace ever. I know that's what it was from. So all these other things we had to kind of put on like the high blast full speed treatment to get it to reverse. So now that I'm not as stressed, I know that that is a huge benefit to me, but I still don't want to just kind of like do undo everything that I work so hard to kind of balance out. And I do get my thyroid checked every six months, maybe three to six months, um, just to make sure the levels are fine. They're still fine. I just had it rechecked. So as far as food or lifestyle, yeah, I do my best to keep going on what she, my naturopathic doctor taught me to do. And I'm super forever grateful for that. Do either of you use laundry or dishwasher detergent that is more earth friendly? <laughs> I love Miss Myers everything. The biggest thing that I do to try to be earth friendly is buy refills. Um, that's something that you can do with the, a wide variety of brands. A lot of them will sell bulk options. You know, like we have a few, it made me think about when you said Mrs. Myers, like we have a few like huge gallon jugs of Mrs. Myers hand soap that we just use to refill hand soap containers in our house. And that is something that is overlooked as a really accessible option. Like you don't need to have biodegradable everything. You don't have to like necessarily use, you know, like the tablets or there's a lot of different ways of doing that out there. But that is one that is really accessible to a lot of people. If you have a bulk market in your town, cleaning supplies are often one of the number one things that they sell because they're super shelf stable. So, you know, look around like Longmont has one, you know, Denver has a few and see what types of bulk options are available for you to buy refills. And then also as a fun part of that, you get to buy like cute ceramic or glass hand soap dispensers to, you know, make your house. Which I really appreciate. I feel like I noticed that when people have like cute soap dispensers at their house, I'm like, this is really great. Totally. However, I will also say that like kind of the number one tenet of going lower waste is like, don't throw out all your plastic and replace it with glass and whatever right off the bat. Use your plastic ones, reuse them for as long as you can. And then once they get like to the point where you, you know, there does come a time, they're not designed to be reused. And so you probably can only reuse them a handful of times, but yeah, don't just like go trash all your plastic stuff. Also, I will say, I don't always buy this, but at like Whole Foods, Dynamic Cottage, I think you can definitely get them online. They have these dissolvable laundry detergent strips. They are often sold in biodegradable packaging. It's basically condensed version of laundry soap because, you know, a lot of what you're doing with laundry soap is just water with laundry detergent and, but you're pouring it into 
a vat full of water. <laughs> so um, either use a powder, which comes in a cardboard box that you can recycle. The Tide powder is great for that. If you're sen- but if you're sensitive, powder. right? But if you're a little bit have a little bit more sensitive skin, or you know you're sensitive to fragrances or whatever, there are some laundry these like, like free of everything. Oh yeah, they're like these sheets, and it's almost like imagine like a giant. Gosh, what are those things called? Like like those breath mint strips. Yeah, like a Listerine. You guys remember strip. those Lysol strips? <laughs> Listerine. Listerine, Listerine, like Listerine I was like, strips. Like, it's like a Lysol. not Lysol. Please don't no. drink Lysol. No <laughs> Lysol in your mouth. Listerine. Trump is talking to yeah. you. <laughs> Um, <laughs> the QAnon vans outside. It's basically an enormous version of that, except it's made out of laundry detergent and you can put it in. And I actually found them to be really effective. And our laundry, I mean, we go through a lot of laundry. Our laundry loads are humongous and our laundry is really stinky and like physically, like kids' clothes get dirty in a way that adult clothes do not. Like they actually get spills and dirt, like actual just dirt. And I'm just, I look at the kids clothes and I'm like, what have you been doing? Like, were you rolling around on the ground all the, all day long? And the answer is yes. Yes, they were. Um, so those are some good options. Fantastic. All right. I love, I love, I love cleaning products and it's like the time of year when like pretty soon the fall scents are coming Your up. Your Trader Joe's trip is coming up. I got to prepare. I got to train you for it. You got to make a ready. reel about it. I hope, you're ready. Uh, I hope you're ready to make some content. I'm ready to make you some content. Bo Burnham, anyone? Okay. Uh, next vacations for each of you. Well, we know where Claire's going. I don't have a vacation planned yet, but that's not because I, I was talking to, I think I was talking to you about this. We were talking about this last week about like, yeah. I don't feel the need to take a lot of vacation right now because a puppy raising sometimes is just hard logistics, but I don't feel like we need a vacation right now. Like we're going to, we're going to eventually go back to Hawaii, I'm sure, but we have nothing planned as of yet. Yeah, I was going to ask if you're going to Hawaii. It feels like this yeah. is the time of year you normally go. You haven't been yeah. able to go the last couple of years. We'll um, probably go next year, maybe. I don't yeah, know. We um, just like, we, I think COVID just really kind of, yeah, it's hard with the dogs and COVID just kind of like slowed everything down for us. And we just are like, we're fine. We're fine, guys. We'll, we'll figure it out. Has there ever been anything? Has there been anything? Has there been anything positive that was a result from diet culture? <laughs> Your face says it all. The fact that we I, have paused for a long time. I'm really trying to think about it. I think, I mean, I don't. Well, here's the thing. The positive thing from diet culture has brought all the bullshit to the surface. So sure. It used to be. Like, yeah. Everything used to be kind of like, you know, we had, if you want to go listen to uh, maintenance phase, they go through all the diets. They go, I mean, it's an amazing podcast if you want to kind of go through the history of diets. But you think about the 80s where everything was low fat, whatever, low calorie, uh, fat free this, fat free that. And, right. and so people started really following diets. Uh, I would say a little bit blindly because I'm not sure what was really prevalent in the 70s, 60s and 70s. But I feel like at least on my radar, just because of what, the age that I was that I saw it on television. And then like 90s, 2000s, I, I feel like the internet really brought to the surface, the diet culture is BS. So sure, I think diet culture ran its course and now we can push against it. I know that's a little bit of a non-answer, but that's what I think. It's hard to imagine reverse engineering diet culture out of our society. And so Mm -hmm. it's hard to say like, oh, well, without diet culture, we wouldn't have body positivity. I can't say that for sure. Like if can we, because the reality is that as long as there have been human societies, or at least, you know, that we know of, like there have been preferences for different physical attributes that really aren't grounded in anything other than just 
the like trends of the time. Mm. And so it's hard to say like, oh, well, if diet culture wasn't around, then, you know, there would be no fat phobia or there would be no, you know, like I, we can't necessarily say that to be true because who knows what would have taken the place or who knows like what other weird, I mean, you know, culture. We could go down a long history of like people, racism, classism absolutely, absolutely. you Eugenics. know like we could we could go down the long history of and that's that what part. i mean it's like yeah. you know we definitely blame diet culture for a lot but at the same time like diet culture was a symptom of a larger problem as well it wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily the cause of all of this mm-hmm. and so it's hard for me to say like well if diet culture was useless and we didn't get anything out of it because I think in some ways it's not bad to put a microscope over these different metabolic functions of the human body and learn what we've learned because of diet culture. I think the way that that information has been used is kind of like been used against us in a lot of ways, but that might be something I would say was positive about it is that we have a lot more information about the way that fat and carbs and protein and everything like impacts our bodies that we probably wouldn't have had without it. But I'll have to think about that once more. Yeah. Maybe we'll talk about that with Sassy. That'd be oh, a good yeah, Sassy good question. One. PMD microdermabrasion review. So I got that tool that everyone thought was a vibrator. Not a vibrator. Not a vibrator. <laughs> it is amazing. So it, it has like just this little it's the thing that sucks the dirt off your face. Like when you go get a facial clear and they use that little vacuum, it's kind of like that. I will say there's a learning curve, like any tool of how to use it. So you do have to kind of like start, start chill, and then you can ramp it up because it has like levels of suckage. It feels really weird saying that. Um, it feels great. Still not, still not talking about a vibrator. Definitely not. And it is great. It makes your, I'm like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of obsessed with like products on my face right now. So I'm using the, uh, ordinary line, which you can get at the Ulta in target, which is another just dream. The Ulta in target, the Starbucks in target, like what else is target going to come up with? The ordinary is a great brand for serums. I love their under eye caffeine reduces puffy eyes. Anyway, PMD, I will say I wouldn't buy it full price. It, the fact that I got it like the Nordstrom sale, $100 cheaper than the retail price, I would not pay $300 for it. 200 sure. That's like two facials worth of... Right. But I'm going to have it for a while. I'll get a lot of use out of it, but I wouldn't pay $300 for it. So wait till it goes right. like on sale again. Uh, Black Friday or something. Exactly. Which is right around the corner. <laughs> You know, I hate that phrase. I know you do. What were Joy's recommendations for high quality t-shirts again? That is James Purse, James P-E-R-S-E, forever and ever, favorite brand of clothing. But listen, guys, and gals and people, do not buy at full price. You know my rule with anything. Don't buy at full price. (laughs) You can get it on sale always at Nordstrom Rack. So I always just go to the Nordstrom Rack website and I search James Purse and I sort by newest and I look through the things that have just arrived and I buy it my size. They do have weird sizing. Their sizing is one, two, three, four. So just, you know, look at their measurements. I, for for reference, I'm a size three in their shirts, large shoulders, and I like things a little bit baggier in their style. They last. I probably have shirts of theirs, of that line that have been 10 plus years. They don't fade. They don't break apart. They last forever and ever. I wash my clothes all the time. They stand the test of time. Except for white. White gets a little pit stains, but you can get those out with bleach and like Yeah, it's not your fault. Yeah. That's not their fault. It really isn't. All right. You're a dirty body. It's not their fault. I exactly just to weigh in on this, I really like the Everlane boxy cut t-shirts. If you're a little bit more petite, 
they are a little bit cropped, but if you are a little petite, then it's kind of just like hits you right at the top of your hips, which is really a nice flattering cut with the high-waisted jeans, which also if you're petite, maybe you're running into the problem that I'm having where like all the jeans have a 12 inch rise. And that is like to my diaphragm. I have multiple pairs of jeans right now that come up to above my rib cage. Yeah. So I was wearing a pair the other day and I like tried to take a picture. I was going to do a, a reel. And I stood in front of the camera and I was like, I look like half pants right now. My body is just half pants. <laughs> it is eaten up half so your I body. Did not make the reel. <laughs> so I was like, all I can see is this like 12 inch fly. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> okay. But Everlane. Everlane. That is good. I have one of those shirts too. Ideal, mm-hmm. ideal birthday day. Do you have an ideal birthday day? You'd get up and go on a hike probably. Um, ideal birthday day. Okay. So here's my, here's my question. My follow-up question. My birthday is at the end of November. Mm-hmm. And so my ideal day can't really take place at the end of November because it's normally like, well, would you fly maybe, somewhere or would you maybe. go? Yeah. I mean, if we're talking ideal, ideal, I'd probably like get up, go get on a private jet. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm going to get on a private jet and go somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and go, maybe I would, I like on the strike of midnight, I get on a private jet and I'd go (laughs) to somewhere with an either somewhere with like some really nice mountains or somewhere with a, with a beach. I'm not picky either, or I'd eat some really good baked goods. Maybe I'd go to France and pick up a croissant and then I would just like relax and hang out. And while I was gone, I would have someone like sanitize my house and clean all the things and do all the house projects that I've been waiting, wanting to get done. So when I could come home, my house would be exactly the way I wanted it. Yeah. That sounds nice. That sounds amazing. I would take a private jet to Los Angeles and I'd drink juices all day and I'd shop. You would just I, sit in Erwan. I would sit in Erwan and I would try every product. Every product is so... Joy would just rent out Erwan. Yeah. For yourself and like any celebrities uh, that want to come. Any celebrities, you're welcome to join. Uh, I would shop. I would go to all the stores in Hollywood and all the stores that Cupcakes and Cashmere goes to because they look adorable. You would basically like live your dream, like Southern California influencer Mm -hmm, life for mm -hmm. a day. Go to Matza. You want to come with me? Come on over. (laughs) I will come back for that. I'll come back for my birthday croissants. Okay, great. To have some Nancy Fullerton. That's lovely. Lovely, lovely. All right. That really is it for today. Okay. Okay. That's it for today. (laughs) You can find us on Instagram at joyandclaire underscore. You can find us online at joyandclaire.com. You can email us. This is joyandclaire at gmail.com. Don't forget to support our sponsor, Ned. That's helloned.com, H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com forward slash joy or use discount code joy for 15% off your order. Try out their new brain blend. You're going to love it. And we will talk to you next week. See you later. Bye. Bye.